I'm Tommy Beardmore. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors, by actors, brought to you by Working Actor Pro. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Before the Break, Tommy. I am so excited for you and our audience to meet our guest this week. She's an actor, a writer, a producer, and a certified life coach. She's appeared in the national tour of West Side Story and on Broadway in the hit musical The Book of Mormon. Please welcome to the show, Jay Nicole Ralph. I've heard of Book of Mormon. I've heard of Book of Mormon. That's a good <laughs> show. Jay Nicole, nice to meet you. Thank you. Lovely to meet you as well. You know, Broadway. So Tommy, Jay, Nicole, and I go way back. And actually, I was thinking about this today. This we were in a show together here in New York called In the Boom Boom Room. What was it like? Off Broadway, off off Broadway. And that place was practically Jersey. Yeah. Um, that was 10 years ago. Oh wow! Time flies. You know we're getting to that place in our lives and in our age where we say oh things God. that was a decade ago that seemed like yesterday, and somehow we're at that place. Right. When we were coming in. There were people like, "Oh yeah, about ten years ago, I did a show." Ten years, Jesus, that's a long time. In the industry forever. Right. So I thought of that today. I was like, "Oh my God, it's it's twenty two. That show was spring of yep." 2012? That is crazy. Is that it? <laughs> we are. Oh my God. Tags. So, <laughs> so um, now let's see. Broadway is a far, far, far trip from Sandusky, Ohio. Talk about your upbringing, your neighborly. I'm, I'm from Cleveland and from the Midwest. Talk about oh. what it was like growing up in that area when your aspirations were so far away. Yeah, it was, it was interesting um because i mean i'll be honest i go back and speak when i can in sandusky because growing up doing what i do now was not even an option it wasn't it wasn't an option not because it wasn't um I, i wasn't allowed or i wasn't available it was just it wasn't even a thought like because nobody in sandusky ohio went off and did Broadway or TV and film or anything of that sort, certainly not anybody black for sure. Um, As I got older, some of my friends, my white friends uh, left and went on to perform in Vegas Mm -hmm. or um, with the Rockettes and things like that. So that was a little closer, but yet again, still like not anybody black. Right. And so that was, so it never was a thought. It was like, that was something, it was a hobby growing up, not even acting because there was no place to train in acting growing up. There were only dance studios. So dance was what I did. Dance was just a hobby. Until my senior year, there was this teacher, a guest teacher, actually not my teacher, but a guest teacher that came in and she looked at me and she was like, oh, you could dance at Alvin Ailey. And I was like, ha. That's funny. You're yeah, right. Okay. And so like, I just kind of brushed it off. In the big city. (laughs) Right. I was just like, yeah, right. And then, um, I, I, my mom took me to a competition that year and it was specifically the NAACP's national competition. And the judges at that competition, I actually ended up getting third place. uh, And that was huge because it was on the national stage. And uh, it was televised on either ABC or BET or NBC, one of the major um, networks. Yeah. And like it was star studded. Um, They were giving uh, us awards. Stars were giving us awards like um, Tyrese was one of them. Raven Simone was one. Um, Music Soul Child was another. So like, yeah, like. Or for real, for real things. So getting third place at this thing was was very eye opening to the point to the point that I was backstage and um, backstage because I had been asked to perform at the awards ceremony, which was already a huge honor. No, I, I, I that was the win for me was being asked to perform at this awards ceremony on national television. Um, never did in a million years did I think I was going to actually win an award. 
And so I, when they were calling out for the dance awards, I had to pee so bad I went to the bathroom and missed my moment. <laughs> and since yeah. then, she's never peed. Ever. <laughs> right? That's ridiculous. Isn't that oh Murphy's Law? God. You know, you wait around and then the one second you're like, all right, just real quick, have a push out and then I'm coming. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. so you missed it all. Yeah. That was yeah. it. That was the career down the <laughs> so track. Like, yeah, but those judges, they kind of took me under their wing too and took me to New York and uh, introduced me to Alvin Ailey. And that's when it became real. And I ended up getting a scholarship to Fordham University and Alvin Ailey. And that was like, the dance was my ticket out. And right. so, yeah. That's interesting. Had you, been, had you been to New York City before? I had for dance competitions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was, was that always where you were like, that's where I'm going? That was the goal? I would have loved it, but it, again, there was never even a thought in my mind. Like being from small town Sandusky, Ohio, living in New York was not a thought. It was just like, oh, this is a really cool place to go and visit or to be on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny that like, you know, wherever market we start out or, or end up in, we always start this journey with like a, why me? What do I think that I could do? I couldn't be over there. But then you move to the market, whatever it is, Chicago, LA, New York. Everybody is from somewhere else. Everybody's from Sandusky. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody is from somewhere else. And it becomes so possible once you're in it. Outside, before you go, it's like, exclusive. There's no way. How could I possibly? And then when you're in, you're like, oh my God, it is so possible. All I had to do was jump and the parachute came, but everybody's afraid to jump. They think that it's not for them or couldn't possibly be given to them. But that's why we love hearing stories of victory because it goes right back to those people who are 20 years behind us with those same dreams. You know, if we know all of the amazing actors that have come across our stages or screens and to think that there's an undiscovered group who never came simply because they didn't think it was possible. Yep. It's wild to think. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, okay. So uh, you kind of had this side door entrance using another muscle that you've got. And a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm an actor. I get an acting degree and then I go to acting auditions and then I get acting job. And it's like, no, 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 you can, if you can write or you can dance or you can drum or you can do whatever. One of my, one of my friends um, got into acting from Blue Man Group. He's a drummer, oh, wow. you know? So everybody has this, you got to find that other thing. And for you, it was dance. So how long did you predominantly pursue dance before acting started to come out? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, my, um, I, I went to school for dance. Um, my senior year, I did an off Broadway show that incorporated singing, dancing and acting and that I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, but at that time going to that school, I, I was kind of programmed that, um, musical theater wasn't real odd. Like to be a dancer, you have to go and dance with a company. So even though I did that off-Broadway show, after that I went and did concert dance for like two years. Yeah, I did concert dance for two years, but after that I was done. I was like, this is not for me. So I went into um, dancing on um, cruise ships and amusement park and at amusement parks. And that kind of added a little bit more of an acting and element to it and singing as well. And, and was your spirit being suffocated at this point going on cruise ships and, you know, or, or it up. Like, that was so much more fun for me. I love it. Great. Yes. But I was so ashamed of it because I had been so programmed that that wasn't real art. <laughs> your commercial, honey, you sold yourself. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> but I loved it. I, I, I did, I did. And that's actually where I started studying. Um, I started uh, getting private acting lessons. Um, I had already started studying acting when I was at Fordham because Fordham mm. has a really strong theater program. And I minored in acting, but I never completed the minor. But when I went, but, but so after when I went to co uh, concert dance, I stopped that training. But then when I went to cruise ships is when I kind of started it back up. And after I came, my acting coach on the ship told me, when we get back to land, 
you need to start auditioning because you're really good. And so, so I would say probably like four years. Um, And then I went and I auditioned and I booked my very first audition back. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was original theater, but still I did. (laughs) That happens for those of you who are like getting to a market or just starting, you will book the first audition. And then guess what? There is no bookings for another year. That first audition that you book is, is universe, the universe's way of saying, you're going to be here. Yes. But you're going to be here for a long time. Here's a little, yes. here's a little salt and pepper for your meal, but it, there's not going to be any seasoning for a very long time. So, so, but I do want to point out that here you are on these ships and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is the greatest place to sharpen those performance teeth. Right. I mean, like you're going in and out and you know what? The stakes are low because Jim and fucking Jan are drunk and it's 950 people and you're doing it every single day. So the stakes are low. The pressure is low, which means you have freedom. And then you have that habitual process every day, which as we know from in cognitively, when we are introduced to something every day, it becomes normal. Whether you're eating a 500 plate dinner uh, or or performing, your nerves are going to go down. So that I know, I'm sure helped secure you getting back, right. Or getting into auditioning. Um, y- uh, yes, yes. You're and like, no, no, bitch. I was good already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have to no, sharpen my teeth. I, I had fangs. <laughs> no, I was just, I was going to say that, like, like you said, it kind of became, normal and so like by the time I got back to land to do the auditions the auditions were auditions even to this day for me auditions are a whole nother beast that from performing like yeah yeah it's a completely different ball field it's the same game but different sets did you say ball field it's a sport thing don't worry isn't it a ballpark (laughs) it's it's the ball the ballpark if you're at a park it's a ball field if it's just a field yeah have you seen field? Um, All right, go ahead. <laughs> so yes, it's a different ball field park, and you're playing a different ball game. Okay. Yes. Um, Sports so ball. What did What did you realize? What did you have to do to adapt? Once. You oh were man. Um, I had to figure out a way to manage those nerves because, um, I guess performance. You figure out how to manage those nerves more easily because you're doing the same show every day, day in and day out. So you figure that out. An audition, each one is different and you only have one shot, usually maybe two if they're really, really nice. Um, And so you have to figure out how to manage those nerves on the spot. (laughs) And you got the sides the day before. Right. So there's like (laughs) mentally, there's a, I'm prepared, but I could be way more prepared. Whereas when you're doing a show, you've already been in months of rehearsal. You've done a tech week. You've done it so many times. It's, you know, your muscles are so used to it. You know, a lot of times when we audition, you know, depends what the casting, you know, it depends on a lot of things, but you know, you can get it three days ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And when you go, there's a certain like, yeah, I've been doing this for three days and you can get it the night before. And there's, I just got this. I, I'm I'm still like grasping onto the words. So it, you know, auditioning, it's a little different, you know, so you instinctive or naturally you're just, a, everyone is a ball of nerves when they audition. Yes. I will say, and I'm curious to hear you guys' opinions on this. I will say that it has been so much a comfort for me, this new self tape era that we're in. <laughs> I we're not complaining it. here, Jay Nicole. We're, we're just yeah. not complaining. Some people are, I love some it. People are like, no, I, I love it. The room, I like the energy of pissing myself in front of eight people. <laughs> no, I love it. Right. I love it. Because but, all, all of that, what we just, what I was just saying, that's all gone. Right. right. And I've noticed in self tape land, we have way more time yep. for sides. Usually I get an email one afternoon and my audition appointment is the next morning or afternoon. So it's usually less than a 24 hour window. This I'll get something on like a Monday and it's like, it's due by Thursday. I'm like, I have a, a, I have two weeks to do, you know, it feels like two weeks (laughs) and I can do it as many times and just shake it off and go, that was a good one. Let's do one. You know what I mean? And then I can kind of, I don't know. I'm more in, 
control. Whereas, yep. you know, when you're, you're in those nerves, you kind of need one just to, to shake off, just to do it. And depending on the office, they might be great. We're done here. And you're like, fuck, that was my one. Yep. See you, you know. in four years. Damn it. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's, okay. You booked the first thing. Great. Everybody does. No, I'm kidding. But what was, what was the show the, when you first got in? This high school musical. A little, a little show called High School Musical, yeah. Um, but uh, they offered, they also offered me All Shook Up. Um, so yeah, so I did that. Oh wow! Oh nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and she then, had options. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, so so it wasn't always striking out. You you were hitting gold as as you went on. Um, how quickly did you feel like you got your footing, and you were walking into the room? you know, with that confidence or at least that peace knowing, yeah, I might get this easily. Um, I mean that definitely booking that first one was definitely a big help. And I feel like, um, my confidence only grew from there, but there was always, like I said, even to this day, there is still like, uh, a, a, um, nerves and even a bit of self-consciousness that I have to deal with walking into the room with an in-person audition. And I also got to a point in my career where I ended up feeling like I plateaued. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I look back and I realize I hadn't plateaued. Like I was definitely making steady progress. But at the time, I felt like I had plateaued and I had, and I got to this audition, um, this, it was a big audition for Broadway. Matter of fact, it was for Book of Mormon. And um, I choked, I mean, choked y'all to the point that I ended up quitting the industry for two years. <laughs> yeah. She's I, got her I, hard hat, getting into the subway 5 a.m., heading to the job site, saying, man, what could have been? Yes. Just from that audition and you were like, it's yeah. a no. Cause I felt like, I mean, like I said, I now realize that I was making steady, like clearly, like I was getting better and better auditions, better and better roles, like better and better shows and going from regional to national tours to Broadway, but I couldn't see it then. I just, right, 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 right. I'm not booking, I'm not booking. And I, I, I was like, if Broadway is what I want and I get to the audition and I choke, clearly I don't have what it takes to make it. Like that was my thought process at the time. And little did you know that that's everybody's process is the imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. And then we get to the point where we feel like we're plateauing and then we do the choke thing. And it's all like, also what I say for the first five years for any actor is to write down everything. I used to write down every audition, every audition that I had in an Excel file. If I booked it, it was green. If I got a callback, it was yellow. Uh, how many times I could see I went into this room. So when eight months later, I said, why isn't Melsky calling me in? Well, look at the sheet. You've been in at least once or twice every month. So she keeps calling you in. So stop complaining. So that kind of magnifying glass on your progress, you look at. And so isolate that. And look, yes, I was an extra last year and now I'm featured. And you know what? Coming up, I have my first speaking role. Well, those steps couldn't have been more chronological, could they? You know, it's very important to see our progress. That is so good, Tommy. Like what you just described is what I teach to my clients as an audition log. But I'm going to steal that color coding because I don't teach that. Like, that's good. Because you see the green. You see it. Yeah. It's like, how could I deny that progress isn't being made? It's right here in green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tell us about, tell us about your um, coaching. You do take clients, actors who are um, aspiring or struggling, and you're, um, you're showing them the business. What are the landmark things that you went through during this time where you're choking and you're you're booking. I know we're kind of jumping, but you do coach and based on a coach is only as good as their experience, obviously. So what are the things that were hitting you that you now get to give to other actors because yeah. you went through it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So number one, first and foremost, like I said, I took two years off. At the time, I didn't know I was taking two years off. I thought I had quit the business for good. <laughs> and so I, I, at that time, started working with a coach, but not for at least in in my mind, it wasn't for the industry. It was, I needed guidance. I needed a life coach because clearly my life was in a shame. I spent the rat past 
however many years working in the industry, entertainment industry, and now I quit, I need some guidance. So in working with that coach, though, I started to, um, that he helped me to work on myself, my inner self. And what I learned was that 80% of your success in any calling is due to your inner work and how, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's inner work that you do. And only 20% of your success is the outer work. So that's first and foremost what I concentrate on with my clients is doing inner work and making sure that our mindset is right and that our we believe we have the self-confidence, we believe in ourselves and, and all of that. Um, another thing that I um, once I did come back to the industry was that audition prep, that audition prep. And again, that begins with mindset as well. So I definitely help my clients with that is is getting past like that is something that I'm still actively working on myself and so I'm I'm there I'm right there with you and this is what I do to overcome that those psychological blocks those nerves this anxiety to be able to pre prepare mentally as well as obviously you know the actual character prep and the uh, script analysis and all of that and then finally um the packaging the business side of it, because we uh, that is so often neglected. And I, so I help yes. my clients un understanding, like, what is it that you need? Like, are do you know, are you clear on what your brand is? Are you clear on what you bring to the table when you walk into a room? And is everything in alignment with that? Or is your headshot in alignment with your brand? Is your resume in alignment? Some people don't realize your resume has to be in alignment with your brand as well. Are your, is your reel or are your clips in alignment with your brand? Do you have these things? Are they on Actors Actors? Do, they look, do you have them? <laughs> these are good questions. Too. <laughs> so, yeah. No, yeah. That's a mix of um, business talent and and brain, um, but really it's spirit. It's It's yeah. about... That 20%, anybody can get to the 20%. Anybody can walk into a room with good coaches, you know, and get a job. The talent, I'm sure, is there everywhere. But what is not everywhere is the other 80, which is sophistication, style, creativity, drive, character, you name it. It's all these things that are only birthed from the first five, 10 years of struggle, intense faith and all that stuff. But you can't get that 20 you might get the callback, but you can't get the full thing because you are going to meet them. You are going to work with them. You do have to prove yourself to be this type of person who deserves and is responsible enough to handle this stuff for the from the 20. Um, Let so, me say this to anybody who's watching this right now. 90% of you watching this right now, I guarantee it's not your talent that is holding you back because you've probably gone through school like the talent the craft is there it's not that that's holding. So what you is back. it it is it's what you just described that of uh, that 80 percent the mindset is the mindset and um your beliefs that's holding you back the endurance all that stuff all mm. that stuff wow and we've said it approach. a million times on this show unfortunately you know a lot of people when they're in the university system it's work on the craft and the talent and the craft and the talent. And they don't tell you about what it is that you coach with. There's a bunch of things that you need lined up, ready to go for your business, because this is a business and that's not taught to people. So all these kids come out of school and they're like, I'm the shit. I'm such an incredible actor, but they don't have the wherewithal to know, Oh, when I go out into the real world, I need all of these things, I need to turn myself into a business. What is my brand? I need all of these things to make it successfully. They just right. go, well, I'm talented. Right. Why am I not getting auditions? Why yeah. isn't this happening? And it's like, that's all the hustle, the business hustle that you need to survive. And it's just not taught in schools, in most well, schools. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a hard thing to teach, but really, if you keep it simple, it's branding. What do we know about branding products? What do we know about products? Well, if it's shiny and it's plastic and it's coming from China and it's five bucks cheaper, well, what's on the inside? You know, I can open up a brand new, beautiful fire truck, but it's going to break in two seconds. If the inside isn't good, if there's something, you know, faulty or, or there's some sort of, you know, problem with this product it might be fine on the outside but there's a reason why it was cheaper and there's a reason why it's it looks real nice and shiny you know it distracts from what is inside that's that's not 
above par. And we see a lot of great actors come through for we cast and stuff like that. It's a fine audition, but you know what? The interview didn't go very well. And there was a little ego and there was a little this, and there was a little problem here. And the correspondence was a little suffering for someone who was getting a movie role, you know, whatever it is. I know I'm not going to have that with somebody who it has has really been in this business, has really struggled, has really had victories, has really grown, you know? So let's get back to you coming back. What happened? Um, so after doing all that work, um, I was just in a different place energetically. And um, and so I do, I, I, what I call manifested it. Like I attracted the industry back to me. They started call- literally Book of Mormon started looking for me. Like they reached out because I had gotten rid of my agent, got rid of my manager, got rid of my acting coach, my vocal coach, literally got rid of, I wasn't on actors. Whoa. Actors. Like I had quit, quit. <laughs> I thought it was done for Account delete. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't delete my account. And I say that because th- that's part of the story. I, um, <laughs> DM'd me or C-mailed me, if you will. Who on did? Book Who? of Mormon had C-mailed me on on Actors Access, but I wasn't on there, so I never saw it. I didn't see this C-mail until like maybe a year ago. I was just going through my old C-mails, and they had literally C-mailed me on Actors Access. I never saw it. <laughs> so, so here we go. Ten, 15 years before, the award is about to be given. She goes and takes a piss. <laughs> a pattern. Later. Book of Mormon reaches out to her, but she doesn't see the message. <laughs> a little pattern there. Pattern, so what happened? And the pattern keeps going. Um, so they reached out to my old agent. My old agent reaches out to me. I just ignored the email. Um, they reached out to my old I manager. Love it. My manager emailed me. I ignored that email too. But my manager, who is now my manager again, shout out to Lorna at Talent Express. Um <laughs> got on the phone and was like, hold on, girl, wait a minute. (laughs) Isn't this what you've been, had been wanting? And so we had a heart to heart. And even after I got off the phone with her, I still was like, no, Lorna, like I'm in a different place now. I'm doing something different. Um, But after we got off the phone, it actually made me sit down and contemplate, wait a minute, this is what I wanted. Why am I pushing this away? I'm like now teaching, like you said, this seven to three, not nine to five, but seven to three job, uh, teaching full time. I was teaching full time. And I'm like, is this the life that I want for myself? Or do I want to be on Broadway? (laughs) And so I had to sit and contemplate, like, why am I pushing this away? And what it was, I realized because of the work I had been doing with this other coach, this life coach and, 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 being in a different place energetically and mindset wise, I was able to do that reflection in a way that I hadn't been able to do two years before. I was able to sit back and look at myself and say, Jay Nicole, why are you pushing away what you call your dream in this moment right now? And I realized it was fear. It was fear. Like number one, fear going back in front of these people that I had choked in front of two years ago what makes me think I'm not going to choke again? Because of course they didn't just outright offer me the job. They wanted me to come back in two years later. And so if I choked two years ago, I haven't been practicing. I haven't been coaching. I haven't been going to class. Why wouldn't I choke again in front of them? So there's that. Plus just in general, I'm like, do I even still have what it takes? I have been out of the game for two years. So so it's almost like fear of failure, fear of success too. Oh, like, yep. Mm-hmm. You're juggling that thing. Yes. And is this not the most poetic thing, Adam? How many <laughs> weeks, week in, week out? Here's the part where the break happens. <laughs> and lo and behold, the subject has seems to have abandoned this obsession that this thing is going to give them everything. And in that obsession comes the lack of desperation, totally dropping. And as we all know, this is the perfect example that casting wants what they cannot have. And so for you, an actress that show me an actress in New York who wouldn't pick up that phone and and rip it off like the the well, I'm sure it was a cell phone, but I'm picturing like a dial phone. You rip it, you know, ripping from 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 the wall. What actor would not just go nuts with this opportunity. And then of course, casting's like, yeah, honey, we get it. You're excited. But for you, it's like, I did, I've done enough work on myself that now is the point where it's being offered to me. Why? 
because I'm responsible enough to handle it now, to know exactly what it is, what it means to me, what I want in this life. And you had to go over those huge bumps before um, coming to terms with the fact that this identity that you thought was you might not be you. And it's very difficult for that. But uh, obviously that wasn't the case. You didn't back away. You leaned in the right direction. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I had that reflection time. And so I picked the phone back up and I called my manager. I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll go in. I'll take a day off of work and I'll go into the audition. And what, it, what I decided was I'm going to, I don't need this. I make good money. I actually, for a teacher, I made good money. I made, uh, I was making like a $80,000 salary. So it was like, I was making good money. <laughs> so I was like, I don't need this. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to see if I still got it. Like, this is going to be a game. Mm. Let me go and see. It's if for I, you. Yeah. I didn't get it coached or anything. I was like, I'm yeah, this is just for me. Let me just see if I still got it. So I took a day off, didn't get it coached or anything. Just went in, see if I got it, see if I still had it. They liked me. They called me back and that's when it became like, oh, this is real. Like they really want me. Okay. I'm going to go get this one coached. <laughs> what, year, what year was this? Uh, this was 2016, 2016. Yes. Um, yeah. So I went and got it coached. I went back to the callback and nailed it. And the rest is history. Yeah. During that callback, so go, go ahead, Adam. Oh, no, no. It, I was going to go to when you got the call. Right. For the call. Me too. Me too. Okay. <laughs> what are you, my question is, is it like the times before where you kind of have this feeling that of alignment and balance, and it's a weird feeling of not hope, but sometimes we know we booked it before the call. We just know. Did you have that feeling where things were poetically up and down and then you come to this place, this crossroads, and it's being delivered to you in this way at this time? Did you think this is when the key is given? Wow. Yeah. Like in the room, I, I knew like, I was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is going well. well at least during the callback. During the initial call, it was still kind of like a test for myself. Like, can I do this? But then during the callback, it was kind of like, yeah, I got this. I got this. And uh. yeah. Yeah. And then the interesting thing is I didn't get the call that I booked it for like at least two months. It might've been more. There's footprints in the, in the hardwood floor next to her phone that she's just waiting by. (laughs) So you did, you did all your callbacks and between your last audition callback and getting the phone call was two months at least it may have been more than that it may have been more than that so like (laughs) oh that's the thing tommy i was in such a different place that it was just like oh that was for me like the win was i did well at the audition and i felt good about it that was the win for me and i was good and i went back to my life and i was not waiting by the phone i didn't care i had won i had won (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it wasn't like that because you know what? That's not what happens. It's usually two months. You know, the people that we interview and they're like, yeah, I just kind of either they call them up and say, hey, what's going on? And they get it. Or it's just a call. It's it's a message. It's a something. You're like, oh, my God. And you're so taken aback because you forgot about it. And that's why when we teach, it's we we try to teach these principles of ripping up that paper when you when you're done because it's it's it signifies that it means nothing to you now and it's out there and you have no control over anything and that ripping up is in your mind and in your heart saying i'm good i'm going to go off now and have some coffee i'm going to go off and teach i'm going to go off and do my thing that makes me happy and so that's that's why it was given to you and so this call this call came personally or what did it come from the rep from my manager it came of from course mm-hmm. i yeah. bet they were so happy to let you know yeah. I told you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, wow. Now give me my fucking commission. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. And so what that what did that lead to? How how long were you with Book of Mormon? Um, tell us oh, about it. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into Book of Mormon, so what were you doing when you got the call? Yeah. I was at school. I was teaching. I, my, my teaching day had just ended. She may have left me a message during the teaching day and I called her back. Um, but yeah, my teaching day had just ended. I literally, my mouth like dropped <laughs> when she told me. She broke her jaw. Yeah, my jaw. I love that. <laughs> uh. Yep. That's but amazing. 
for question Tommy. I technically I'm still with Book of Mormon. I um so since, since 2017. Um and I mean I've done other things in between since uh right now is one of those times I'm working on another uh show that just got announced in Broadway World called The Jury. Um but yeah. Awesome. Um I I have worked with Book of Mormon as full-time as well as as a vacation swing. Um, so I've done both. And so currently I'm working with them as a vacation swing so I can do things in between. Working actors deserve affordable and convenient coaching. That's why we created Book It, America's fastest growing one-on-one remote acting coach service. All from your device. We're not just coaches, we're working actors too. From Broadway and voiceover animation to TV, film, and commercial. Real actor coaching from real actors catered especially to you and your path. Anytime, anywhere, we're here to train you, to guide you, to prepare you, to book it. For more information, visit workingactorpro.com slash book it. I, I have two questions. Mm-hmm. One is, what did this booking bring you in terms of your awareness of what this thing really is, this big beast, how things changed once you were into the room really in the room and what, what the room really was like and, and how things kind of changed in that respect. Um, so let's, let's hash that first. Um, what did you learn being involved in this experience that you didn't learn before you didn't know before? Sure. So here's one thing that I did kind of forget to say in telling the story during that two year break, I also, uh, produced my own digital series that um, went and got picked up by Black Oak TV and streams and everything, did really well in the festival circuit. So I bring that up just to say that I'm now going back into the room for, for Book of Mormon and subsequent things since then, I understood more what was happening on the other side of the table yep. than I before that. And I understood that most of the time it is not personal. It doesn't have to do with your talent. That's why I can confidently say to you guys who are watching 90% of the time, it is not your talent. You know, it is, um, it's, it's, it's an energy thing. Like we are looking for people who we want to work with, who seem to vibe with, 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 with the show and the personnel of the show. Um, so there's, so there's that. So I knew, I knew kind of instinctually at that point, um, that it was more of an energy thing. So I just walked into that room just with more confidence, knowing that they would not have called me back if I didn't have what it takes. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. that is so that is, is the, the major thing that I learned yeah. that I knew now. It's like, I already have it, and I just have to own that. Well, and also your, your understanding now and awareness of I call it the kind of the aerial view of both sides of the table. And when you see it, it's like when you're, you're told to get somewhere in a, in a big busy city, but if you took a helicopter, you'd be like, Oh, there's point A and there's point B and there's all these other things. Oh, that's that. Oh, this is here. Oh, that's there. And you get this roadmap of everything that's kind of mentally an understanding of why we do the things we do, why they pick that person, why we say it like this in the scene because of that reason and why we do mostly surrounded by it's a business Mm-hmm. Um, but with that understanding, you walk into the room with a familiarity of both sides. And when you have familiarity, you have this sense of kind of peace and chill. Like it's it's not as desperate as um, maybe the other actors in the other room who only know one side of it. They only know fear, <laughs> you know, petrified, just nerves. Like that's all they know. Um so I guess the the uh, the other question then is what did this bring you? And I I I mean yes intrinsically but also professionally what led to um you know other experiences meeting collaborators um you know you can now walk into a room and kind of feel that validation but what did it kind of give you? Yeah. <clears throat> so I I want to just take it back real quick before I answer that question and just uh, give another tidbit to people who are watching. Um you could absolutely, I highly encourage you to create your own content, to get behind the table, just to understand that side, the behind the scenes side of it, 
it, um, because it will bring just a whole depth of knowledge that you don't get as just strictly being an actor. Another thing you can do is become a reader because you get to sit on the other side of the table and yeah. that will really- Huge, right? Totally changes everything. Changes the game, changes the game. So I just encourage you guys to do that. Now back to your, your question, what it brought for me um, was yes, definitely a new sense of confidence. Like, because it's like, I have booked this thing. It's like, now I know like, oh, okay, I have what it takes. And also it's like on my resume. So it's kind of like, I can lean on that. <laughs> I'll know that I'm professional, right? Y'all know that I've done some <laughs> something major, right? So, so there was that. Um, but also then going back to, um, uh, the connections and things, going back to me producing my own series, uh, I, from that experience, was able to meet other producers and directors and writers on a different level. Like I wasn't coming to them from a place of being an, a needy actor. Right. I was <laughs> talking to them on the same level of, oh, I'm, I, I'm a producer, I'm a writer, I'm a director. And so going to film festivals, and that's a secret, y'all, go to film festivals. Actors, go to film festivals. Yeah. Go to film festivals. <laughs> you know, you, um, before we pass by it, that you're coming. I love that. I, we haven't talked about that a lot, but you know, when you're in those rooms as a creator, as somebody else than just an actor, that's kind of like someone opening up their door and seeing a salesman and then somebody opening up the door and seeing a neighbor. It's a completely yes. different way of how the conversation's going to go. Are they going to be turned off by this or that? Or how desperate are you? Of course, you're an actress. You want any words that you're exchanging to me. You just want a business card. Um, so you are coming from this other side, this professional side of things. And of course, you're kind of, you're let into the house because you're more of a neighbor, not a salesperson. Yes. Completely. That's exactly what happened. Like, so I was able, because I didn't necessarily want anything from these people. Like, I mean, I guess like I, I wanted the relationship. That's also huge. Well, you yeah. want what, what anybody you else wants. You're just, not, you're just not desperate enough to you know, bleed it out of your eyes. You're, you want, when anybody has in that room, everybody wants to work and collaborate and get money yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. You, it's a little different with you because you're the one at the controls and it's not just someone taking a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. And so I was able to build like genuine friendships with these people. Like we would go out and, and hang and chill and go to the bar and just drink and talk about other stuff or yeah or we would talk about shop but it would be just on a different level and so um as a result i was able to have these collaborations with other producers and directors uh, from that um from that place as a producer myself but also because i was starring in the show that i was producing they saw that i was an actress and so some of them started calling me in and and giving me direct offers as an actor as well. And so that I gained that from that situation as well. Um, and then with Book of Mormon, I'm going back to the theater side of it. Um, I had I I met my agent that way, you know, doing that show. I um had people now who could vouch for me, you know, people at a at at, at a higher level uh, in the industry, like the directors, the associate directors, the choreographers. And so like people are picking, you know, a lot of times people do that. And you don't even realize that they're picking up the phone to call like as somebody as a reference. And now I have these high powered people who can vouch for me. So those things as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And that's the thing that will be given to you. Should you go this route where, you're not just a worker bee, you're a queen. You know, you've got this whole other kingdom that is at your control. And you're, you know, it's, you're just not, you're not just an actor. And I think that theme is pretty consistent in your life, considering how you got into the business with dance. You're not just an actor. You are someone who has so many different tools, all of which will help get into the various doors that lead you to those rooms that you want and that every other actor wants, but you can't just be an actor. You have to be a little more than that. Yeah. And and I want to thank you for saying that Tommy, because I want to harp upon this point too, that even if you're not a producer or director, you have something to offer 
people like, for example, and, and I help my clients to figure it out too. For example, one of my clients is a hypnotherapist. She's a hypnotherapist and she wasn't doing much of anything with it for a while, but um, then she started connecting with people in the industry um, just on a friendship level. So that's another thing. Make sure you, when you're connecting with people, you're not after anything. Just develop a friendship with them. They're people. Just develop a friendship with them. So she started connecting with them just on a friendship level. And then when things would come up in conversation, like, oh, I get these headaches all the time. She'd be like, well, you know, I'm a hypnotherapist. I help with that. I can help get rid of headaches. Um, you should, you know, let's let's do a session. And so she started connecting with high-powered casting directors, um, agents. She got with her uh, dream agent working while we were working together or just after. Did she hypnotize them? Yeah. What'd you, you say? You will sign me. You <laughs> will submit me. You will push for me. <laughs> yeah. My headache is gone. Also, will you sign on the dotted line? I'd love to represent you. <laughs> but that's just an example. Like you have a talent. You have a talent. You have something that you bring to the table. You have something you can offer. Yeah. Find a way you can help somebody. You know, like if somebody likes uh uh animals you know and you you can find um like an animal society or shelter or something and send them information on it like i've i've literally done that there was there was a casting director um who i knew like especially when all the black lives matter stuff came about during the pandemic like i knew she was very into that and so um i sent her information on this 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 um this club that black women were a part of that were interested in helping the black lives matter movement and, you know, just be interested in what they're interested in as a person, as a human and, and offer help in that way. Outside or just be, or be interesting, interesting, which means having something, you do this, you do this on the side, you do that. So it's not just an actor coming in. It's someone who, you know, award-winning crochet i don't know a, a, an olympic former athlete in college what something something that that you can tag yourself to that when you walk into a room it's not just the other 99 people you know and it goes back to what we were discussing about desperation you can smell it from a mile away so as soon as you get out of the way of wanting something from somebody and just connect to somebody whether it's your colleagues or people above the line in the industry. Just make a human connection that they can go, Oh, right now you're not after something, right? You know, and you can just connect to them about something where, and like Jay Nicole, you said, you can find common interests. And if you find common interests, it's just like developing a new friendship, you know, and then now there is added all that good stuff to the relationship on top of, you know, the industry side of it. Hmm. And, you know, yep. well, that's amazing. This is, this is um, a wonderful journey that has all the necessary chapters. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a book that's been told before, but let's not forget, like, you know, it's not like this is any less special than anyone else's journey. What I'm saying is it's just like every wonderful journey. It has the storyline, the ups and downs, the point where you're going to quit, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and of course next week you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to say, am I good? Really? Yep. You know, <laughs> that's just what's going to happen. But the difference between, you know, you and Adam and, you know, um, you have to do, do just continue in spite of it because that is part of the journey is the imposter syndrome. Am I good enough? Do I really think that I deserve to be there? I'm just from Sandusky, you know, and it's a thing that's going to follow you forever because it follows every actor. But the and only difference is, is success and a failure is is the successful actor just continues in spite of it. And I would and I would dare say it it it's um, something that happens. Look at it as a good thing because once you hit a certain level. When you're going to the next level, yes, that of course that imposter syndrome is going to come up because you've never been to that level. But then you get comfortable at that level, and then the imposter syndrome comes back, and you keep going as you raise yep. the good thing when it shows up. The the thing is to have the tools to be able to move through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. That's it, baby. Okay. So what's next for you? Anything on the horizon? Anything that um is coming up that we might be excited about? 
Yes. Um, well, first of all, I have just recently relaunched my masterclass, How to Book More, on my website, howtobookmore.com. Hey. And uh, because I just relaunched it, it is on special right now. It is only $27. It usually is $97. It's only $27. So go get it while it's still only $27. If that is something that is is of use to you, like if you are feeling stuck and you're trying to figure out how to book more or you're trying to figure out how to get with an agent or a manager um, or just how to get to that next level in your career. So how to book more.com. Lovely. And that, that'll be below. We'll, um, we'll put a link there, of course. Um, and, and what about finding you around the digital yes, town? Where can we find all you? of my links, um, at J Nicole Ralph on Instagram is the best place to find me at J Nicole Ralph. And you will also see that I'm in a show currently. If you're in New York City, I'm in the jury. Um, uh, they just announced that on Broadway World. I'm super excited about this. It is about a young lady named Tess who overdoses on heroin and the journey of seven people coming to decide whether she should have a second chance at life or not. And I play her school teacher, and we have a hate-hate relationship. So it's very- It's a musical comedy. Very uh, <laughs> Right. Very when does this open? It opens on the 11th, and we run the majority, uh, the rest of the month of this month, of February. Amazing. Yes. Congratulations. Lovely. Thank you. Wonderful things. Wonderful things to look forward to. And you've had a-, a, a Great adventure. There's so much more ahead of you. I I'm sure you know that, but thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. It's been fun. Y'all are so fun. Oh, thank <laughs> Good you. catching up, Jay Nicole. It's been far too long. You too. See you later. Later. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. What a story. I know. I I was thinking the that's the first one where somebody has uh that I that I can recall where someone has like deliberately said, I'm, I'm done. And she's, yeah. you know, she said it wasn't like a, a break. There was no intention to come back. It was minus I'm the done. account uh, disabling. It was a <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. hard break. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, and then let's be honest, we'll never, we'll never disengage our actors access, no matter how angry <laughs> we are at the business, how far we go. <laughs> And then not only to to come back, but to come back and book Book of Mormon like on Broadway, like holy shit! And but it just goes to show, you know how many how many times we've had with uh, conversations we've had with people where it helped just letting it go. You yeah. know, it was two months later; she was at school; she wasn't even thinking about it, and then oh. It was like this wonderful surprise, yeah, you know. Amazing. Absolutely oh, I wild. I love that story. It teaches us everything we need to know about, you know, having faith in yourself. Could you imagine two months just waiting yeah. by the phone? You'd go crazy. Yeah, You'd go crazy. <sighs> well, that's that. Should we get out of here? Take us home. You can find out more about Before the Break and how to become a working actor at workingactorpro.com. Follow us on Instagram at Before the Break Pod and Working Actor Pro. Check out Adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com and you can follow him at that Adam DeCarlo. My stuff is at tommybeardmore.com and you can follow me at Tommy Beyond. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a rating, write a review if you like what you heard. Check back next week for an all new episode with an all new guest. That'll do it. All right. See you next time, Tommy. You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sterley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.